Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad to see you today. It's good to share this time of fellowship and worship with each of you this morning, and we welcome you. Uh, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to um, ask you, if you wouldn't mind, to take that and fill it out so we can have a record of your attendance with us this morning. If you could do that, we would certainly appreciate it. We have uh, several announcements uh, to make. Uh, first of all, I want to thank uh, Tim Hall and and Heather McCormick and Sybil uh, Keach. They did some hard work yesterday. Tim We were helping out a, a flood victim in our community uh, in a house that was uh, um, uh, that is being condemned, and it was it was not very it was not a very pretty sight, uh, and, and it didn't smell very good. And but it was hard work. It was hot work. Uh, but uh, you were well represented uh, in our community as as these people share the love of Christ with somebody in, in desperate need. So, so thank you for, for what you did yesterday. Uh, some things that are coming up, I'd like to remind you that the, the upperclassmen group will be uh, touring the uh, the Toyota plant on uh, Thursday. Uh, Danny, will we see you up there Thursday <laughs> at the Toyota plant? <laughs> Okay, good. We'll look forward to seeing. Look for the golf cart. <laughs> we'll look forward to seeing Danny Thursday there. Uh, there's a baby shower on Saturday for Linda and Smith Crafton. We've got a blood drive coming up on on June the sixth. And if you'd like to give give blood or to uh, volunteer, please see Jacob. And we're also very happy to announce that Kelsey Dunham is with us this summer and is going to be leading our youth, uh, our summer youth activities and so we're grateful for that. I mean, we've watched Kelsey grow up, and and, uh, so we know how capable she is. And she's going to start out this afternoon, uh, a a cookout at your house at 6 o'clock this afternoon. So uh, get all the youth that you know and invite them to come uh, to Kelsey's house this afternoon, and that will be a lot of fun. Today is the day of Pentecost, and it's the day we celebrate the coming of of God's Holy Spirit in a very uh, powerful way. And one of the things that Pentecost did for that early church, our scripture will tell you today, is that it drew those early Christians um, to close to one another in, in God's love. And so let me invite you now to stand up and let us express that love of God for one another in holy greeting.
Oh, Holy Spirit, you are welcome in this place. So come, come to us today and come and fill us with your love. Open our eyes to see the presence of God all around us in the stillness of this space, in the busyness of our lives, in our joys and celebrations, and in the tragedies and struggles that break our hearts. Come, Holy Spirit. Comfort those who grieve. Grant them the peace that only you can bring. Stir within our hearts a trust that beyond this life you wait for us with the promise of eternal life. Come, Holy Spirit, and bring wholeness to the sick. Strengthen those who are weak. Heal the wounded and broken and give rest to the weary. Come, Holy Spirit, and inspire our warring world to seek peace, to love our enemies, and to put away our weapons. Come, Holy Spirit, and ignite within our bones a fire, a passion for justice that cannot be quenched until all of your children are loved and until no one is marginalized or oppressed, until everyone has the opportunity to thrive, until the world is transformed and renewed. Come, Holy Spirit, revive your church. Liberate us from apathy. Inspire us with Christ's vision for a world that is transformed. Help us to recognize our gifts for ministry, O God, and to use those gifts in service to others. Transform our hearts and our minds and fill us with love that overflows. And remind us that there is no greater calling than to love you with all that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. Gracious God, give us, give us a glimpse of your kingdom even now emerging around us and drawing us into the new things that you are doing in this world. It is for your kingdom that we now pray. Amen.
down to the front for our children's moment. Any other kids? You gotta stand up here in front of me. Uh oh. Look at these beautiful ladies. George is like, okay, this is the children's moment today. What's it say? Why would it say congratulations? <laughs> George. Georgia knows school's over. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Only three more. Well, let's, you know what? Congratulations anyway. So, um, we're going to do a real quick children's moment because it's children's moment. So, we shouldn't be talking. You should be talking. Because you guys are just as important in this church as anybody else in here. Almost as important as Dr. Tim. Maybe he's got you a little bit, but, you know, You know why? Because soon you guys will be sitting out here with your babies. Just like I look at Cassie and she brings her little baby in. And I remember when she was little. And, oh, just I remember when Kelsey was little and playing ball here. And it's just for your parents or your grandparents or whoever brings you to this church, we are so blessed to have you here. So don't ever forget that. So this is what I want you to do real quick. Because sometimes we lose track of where you are in your life. And we want you to introduce yourselves. Tell who you're you're here today with and tell what grade you're going to be going into when we start again. You ready? Okay, and you know what? This is your family. You don't have to be nervous. We just want to know where you are in your life. All right. My name's Marley. I'm with my mom, Christy, and with my brother, Davis, and I'm going to be in third grade. Come on, your family. Come on, baby girl. Yeah, okay, I'll help you. Your name is? Nevaeh. Nevaeh. And for those that don't know it, it's heaven spelled backwards, right? All right. And you're here with your mom, whose name is? Cammie. Cammie? Cammie Lynn Carter. <laughs> okay. And who else are you here with? My grandma. What's her name? Sue Ann Johnson. <laughs> we've got first names, we've got middle names, we've got last names. Yeah. And she has a certain person that invited her here to come. And who is that person? Rick. Rick. All right. Rick's in our choir. There's Rick. And there's somebody else with you. Granny. Great grandma. Great grandma. And who was, what would her name be? Linda. Okay. <laughs> Linda, you just get a first name today. Sorry. <laughs> And you're going into what grade? Fourth. Fourth grade. Brother. Brother. What's his name? Clay. Clay. All right. Fourth grade. What school? Oh, I'm sorry. Marley, what school are you going? Dingate. Dingate. Fair Elementary. Fair. Oh, my gosh. Fair All right. My name is Georgia. I'm here with Dottie, and I'm going to be going into sixth grade at Owensboro Middle School. My name is Zoe, and I'm here with my grandma, Kim, and my brother, Carson, and I'm going to be in third grade at Holy Name School. My name's Neva. I'm with Dottie, too, and I'm going to be going into third grade at Sutton Elementary. I'm going into fourth, not third. (laughs) All right. You know what? I just want to read one really quick letter. You know, when you guys were talking, Marley said, we're all here with something. How did you say it, Marley? We're all here with someone else. 
God and Jesus. <laughs> All right. So this is a letter from God to you guys. It says, relax, my child. I'm in control. Let these words wash over you repeatedly. He's always in control, right? Like soothing waves on a beautiful beach. He's assuring you of his endless love. And God says, you waste a lot of time and energy trying to figure out things before their time has come. Meanwhile, I'm working to prepare the way before you. Did you know that? God is already working to prepare your future, the way before you. He says, so be on the lookout for some wonderful surprises. Remember that you are my beloved. I am on your side, and I want what is best for you. Someone who is loved by a generous, powerful person can expect to receive an abundance of blessings. Do you guys believe God loves you? Then you will be blessed. This is, I have good plans for you. As you look ahead into the unknown future, relax in the knowledge of who you are, the one I love. See, you don't have anything to worry about. God loves you. Cling to my hand and go forward with confidence while you and I walk together along the path of life. Your trust in me will fill your heart with joy and your mind with peace. Let's say a little prayer and you guys can go. See, I'm old. You guys probably don't have to write these down. Dear Heavenly Father, these children are our children and yours. Keep them safe, guide them, and bring them closer to you this summer and always. In your precious precious name we pray. Amen. Congratulations.
kind of stuck out to me, um, and it talks about um, his peace, and it says, the peace of the Lord is never about the abundant, uh, the absence of conflict, stress, or problem, the peace of the Lord is about trusting him to guide you through the rapids. Then um, back in, on May 2nd, it also talked about how um, God will never give, up, give you more than you can handle. It says your future holds nothing that God has not already seen and overcome. We can rest on the security of his power. Then while I was getting ready this morning, a song came on. Um, Jamie Gray, she's a Christian singer. And one of the songs that she um, sang on there was talking about the name of the title was Not Alone. It says, um, his arms are holding you. His love will see you through. So it's kind of neat how today it kind of showed me that um, it's crazy how God reminds us a lot of times of things that in his in unique ways. And um, a lot of us have started, ended new chapters right around now and are beginning new ones. So I thought it's kind of neat because it's letting us, reminding us that through all tough situations um, that there's going to be peace and that he will provide the peace for us. Um, pray with me, please. Dear Lord, I just want to take this time to remind us that you can provide peace in every situation. And you give us strength for any problems we are facing. Thank you for being our comforter. Thank you for this beautiful day and watch over us this week as many of us have closed one chapter and are beginning a new one. Bless these tithes and offerings that we give. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Filled the entire house where they were sitting. 
divided tongues as of fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. This is the word of the Lord. Our prayer, isn't it, there are, that the Holy Spirit would flow out through me. You know, much is made about the Holy Spirit, especially on days like Pentecost. And we talk about the blessings of it receiving the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit's not something to be hoarded, is it? It's to be shared. Um, has anyone here ever had a firsthand experience with a tornado or a hurricane or anything like that? Anybody? Yeah, got, got, got a few people here. Uh, Susan and I rode out uh, Hurricane Bob uh, back in the day. I forget what year it was. We were vacationing uh, near Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. 
And I've got to say that that was quite an experience. I have never experienced wind like that before. And when Hurricane Bob was coming along South Carolina, it was it was a relatively minor hurricane. It kind of it, it gained strength as it went up the coast, but uh, it was it was amazing the the wind and the howling noise. It was it was it was crazy. Um, but there's nothing like a, a major hurricane or a flurry of tornadoes to remind us of, of how powerful wind can be. Um, as, as we were doing our work yesterday in, in the house uh, that was flooded, it, I was reminded that of the work that we did a number of years ago down on the Gulf Coast after Hurricane Katrina. Um, we went down there, we, we repaired houses, we ripped out sheetrock, we hauled stuff to the street, and we saw the after effects of, of such powerful wind when we went to the Gulf Coast to help those residents there. Um, several things struck me when I got there. Many, most of the buildings along the coast, that right on the beach, they were just gone. They weren't there. Maybe a foundation. That was it. That was all that was there. And I remember seeing a whole wall of a building up in the top of one of those beautiful live oak trees down there. It was, the whole wall was up in the top of that building. And I saw the, the bridge that went across the, 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 uh, the bay. It was totally destroyed. And it was like the sections of the bridge were like dominoes that were, had just toppled over. Wind is, is capable of an amazing amount of damage. There's a book titled Blame It on the Weather that uh, tells about some of the extraordinary events that occurred during tornadoes, especially regarding animals. It tells about a bull, and this bull weighed about 1,400 pounds, and the bull was in his stall, which was attached to a barn uh, by a heavy logging chain, and a tornado passed by, and, and after the tornado had passed by, the barn was found about 60 feet away, and the bull was still attached to its stall, 60 feet away and unhurt. Another tornado tore all of the shingles off of one side of a school and then raced across the road and took off the, the roof of a barn and then crossed the road again, lifted a horse about 30 feet off, off of the ground, before setting the horse back down. Again, the horse was unharmed. And there was a cow in that same area that was found lying on her back, her four legs sticking straight up in the air. You can, you can imagine that. And she was anchored to the ground by her horns. <laughs> Otherwise, the, the cow was unhurt, but the farmer chose not to milk the cow because uh, he thought that the, the milk might be sour after such a traumatic event. Uh, personally, I think I would have milked her and hoped for a milkshake. <laughs> Took you a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> The, the truth is that, that anybody who's ever gone through a, a tornado or a hurricane or anything like that, they will tell you how powerful wind can be. Well, the writer of Acts, who also happened to be the writer of Luke, tells us that when the, the day of Pentecost came, all of Jesus' disciples were together in one place. When suddenly a, a sound like a, a, the blowing of a mighty wind, a violent wind, came from heaven... And we are told that the wind filled the whole house where the disciples were staying. And then something, something happened that was, uh, that was even more startling than the wind. You see, those who were gathered saw what appeared to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest upon each of those who were gathered in the room. And then to top it all off, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Pentecost. Now before Pentecost was a Christian holy day, it was a Jewish holy day. 
Pentecost marked the festival of weeks, a uh, uh, harvest festival. And, and the name comes from the prefix pente, P-E-N-T-E. Some of you teachers and students will know that pente is the, is the, the prefix. Pent is five and pente is 50. And, and thus it's named Pentecost because Pentecost takes place 50 days after Passover. That's where the name comes from. And since this was a a major Jewish holiday, there were God-fearing Jews from every nation on the earth visiting Jerusalem on this day of Pentecost. There were people who had came, who had come and and made a a pilgrimage to, to Jerusalem to celebrate this holiday. And when they heard this sound, a crowd gathered around because each one of them heard their own language being spoken. And they asked, aren't these who are speaking all Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Wow. That's pretty impressive, isn't it? That's pretty impressive. Well, one lesson I I think that we can learn from all of these events is that when the wind of God blows, amazing things happen. You may know that the Greek word for spirit, pneuma, is also the Greek word for wind and breath. That's where we get the word pneumonia from. It's the spirit, the breath, the wind, the air. And the same is true with the Hebrew word ruach. And of course, I don't think that's an accident because God breathed into human beings God's own breath when God created us. And God gave human beings God's own spirit. And thus we have this relationship between wind and spirit. Wind, like the Spirit, is, is um, not only very powerful, but it's also very mysterious. It's invisible. You can't see the wind, but we can see the trees rustling as it passes by. It can be as soothing as a gentle breeze on a summer evening, or it can be as destructive as a tornado or a hurricane. And sometimes wind seems to have a mind of its own, doesn't it? Jesus said on one occasion, the the wind blows wherever it it pleases. You hear it sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it's going. This particular day, it blew upon a group of disciples waiting in a room in Jerusalem, just as Jesus had instructed them to do. He told them to wait there until the Spirit came upon them, and that's exactly what they did. And then on the day of Pentecost, just as he promised, the wind blew and the tongues of fire appeared. And after that, the greatest miracle of all took place as these simple, uneducated Galileans began to testify in such a way that every person there, regardless of where they came from, could understand them in their own language. Wow. The Spirit came. And amazing things happened. Now, of course, there were skeptics there. There always are. Apparently, some onlookers thought that these disciples were drunk. They looked at him and said, Oh, this early in the morning, they're already drunk. You know? They weren't sure what to make of this. That's a little later on in the Scripture, but it's there. But they weren't sure what to make of all of this. And and truth be told, I don't think we modern day disciples, I don't think we're really all that sure what to make of Pentecost either. I mean, should we expect these kinds of special effects taking place in our church? Mighty winds and tongues of fire? Should we expect that today? Should we expect the miraculous uh, to be miraculously transformed as those early disciples were transformed into communicators of the gospel so effective that multicultural audiences could understand what was being said in their own language? That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? That would be pretty cool. And who can deny that something like that would provide a a jolt of energy into the church that would be most welcome? My friends, let me tell you something. 
The church today needs the power of the Holy Spirit just as they needed it on that first day of Pentecost. But what would that mean for us? What would it look like if the Holy Spirit invaded our church as it did for those early disciples? Well, do you think we would have a new sense of excitement if the Spirit came upon us like that? Do you think we'd be, have a new sense of excitement? I think we would. I sure hope we would. Uh, uh, that certainly happened to the church on that first day of Pentecost. I mean, think about where those disciples were in their emotional and spiritual lives on that day. Before Pentecost, these followers of Jesus had been a group of of men and women who were nervous and hiding behind locked doors, fearful that they would be arrested and persecuted like their leader had been. Jesus had just recently been crucified. You know, I hear people talk sometimes about being persecuted for their faith. And I hear people talk about there being a war on Christianity here in America. But I want to tell you something, folks. There's no war on Christianity, at least not here in, in America. And we are not persecuted because of our faith in this country. When people talk about being persecuted here in America, what they mean is, oh, my neighbors disagree with something I said or some belief that I have. And they may be critical of me. So? Or maybe somebody posted something on Facebook that challenges our faith. So? Whoop-de-doo. Folks, we don't know anything about persecution in this land. None of us here will ever face crucifixion like Simon Peter and Andrew. None of us is going to be beheaded like Paul was. None of us is going to be stoned and then clubbed to death like James, the son of Alphaeus. Those early Christians, they understood what it meant to be persecuted. For us, we have minor inconveniences. And the church has dealt with all kinds of persecution down through the the ages. Much of it took place in the early days of our own history right here in America with some of our own forefathers and our own foremothers. Baptists. Back in the early days, Baptists were fined, they were arrested, they were banished, they had property taken away from them and even hung because our faith was different from the prevailing Anglicans. And it has happened all throughout the world, but none no significant, uh, none so significant, I would venture to say, as the persecution of those earliest Christians. So you see, the church at Pentecost, they had good reason to be afraid. They were threatened by both the religious and the secular authorities of their day. But look what happened. On, the, on this day... The day of Pentecost, the followers of Jesus were empowered by God's Holy Spirit and they came out of hiding. They had been behind closed doors and now they came out of hiding. They came out from behind their closed doors to testify so forcefully to their faith in Jesus Christ that guess what happened? If we read further in that scripture, we'll see that over 3,000 bystanders, bystanders were converted to their faith. 3,000. 3,000. They didn't even have a microphone. Wow. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That's quite a transformation. On that day, the church had a sense of excitement that was contagious. And wouldn't it be wonderful if that could happen to the church today? You know, most churches all over our country today are in steady decline. And it seems that we are paralyzed to do very much about it. But I just wonder what would happen if the Holy Spirit came upon us today like it did the disciples of old. Do you think we would have a renewed sense of excitement? I think so. 
Or maybe the Holy Spirit would increase our sense of love for one another. Listen as as Luke continues his description of the church on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Later on in the scripture it says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God and enjoyed the favor of of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. It seems to me that the coming of the Spirit of God not only brought excitement and power to those early disciples, but it also brought them closer together. Charles Pritchett is one of the South's foremost piano tuners. I didn't know there were foremost piano tuners, but apparently there are. Maybe there's a ranking. I don't know. But Pritchett once made an interesting analogy, and uh, he said that it's almost impossible to perfectly tune one piano with another piano. He said it, it, it just won't work. However, by using a a tuning fork, you can tune one piano, and then by using that same tuning fork, you can tune the other piano, and the result is that the two pianos will be in tune with one another. The instruments may be in two different rooms, but they will be in tune together. Well, if the Holy Spirit came upon us, I believe that we would be in tune with one another. If the Holy Spirit came upon us, one result would be that we would increase our love, not only for one another, but also for the community outside of the walls of this church and for God. And then perhaps we could reclaim the joy that characterized the church at Pentecost. I heard a story from long ago. It was, about, it was about a man from Louisville who had to travel to St. Louis on business. And this was back in the day when Christians uh, still kept Sunday as a very special day. And for this man, keeping the Sabbath meant that he would not ride the train on Sunday. So after he finished his business late on Saturday night, he it was too late for him to get back to Louisville. So he stayed overnight in St. Louis until Monday morning. And so on Sunday morning, he got up and he left his hotel looking for a place to worship. And the streets were pretty much deserted. Um, and he finally found a police, police officer and asked for directions to the nearest church. And the police officer gave him directions and the stranger thanked the policeman and was about to walk away. When he turned around and he asked the policeman, why did you recommend this particular church? He said, there must be several churches nearby that you could have recommended. And the policeman smiled and he said, well, I'm not much of a churchman myself, but the people who come out of that church are the happiest looking people in St. Louis. So I just thought that that would be the kind of church you would like to attend. Wow. What a great testimony those happy Christians were making to the reality of God's presence in their lives. And I hope that people could say that about Community Baptist Church. I think they could. You see, that kind of happiness is only present in churches where people feel close to one another and to God. Notice again what Luke says about the church after Pentecost. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. They praised God and enjoyed the favor of all the people. We need to pray that God would give us that sense of excitement and that sense of love for one another. These are two things that would surely happen to us if the Holy Spirit fell upon our congregation today. 
we would have a new sense of excitement. We would be enabled to care more deeply about one another. But I suspect that there would be a third thing that would happen as well. You see, I think we would be empowered to do what we already know that God has called us to do. Truth of the matter is, we already know what God wants us to do. We know what God wants from us. We are to find people who are hurting, and we are to love those people into the kingdom. If we did that one thing, our church would never decline. It's pretty simple, really. But where do we get the motivation and the power to do what God has called us to do? There's only one way. We need the power of God's Holy Spirit to fall upon us and to transform us. I heard about a little girl visiting her grandmother. And they attended a a very emotional religious service where people expressed their their feelings by jumping up and down and shouting. You know, some some of us would would probably call it a a holy roller uh, kind of a service. And the little girl was not accustomed to this. And so she asked her, her grandmother if all the jumping meant that the Holy Spirit was really there. And her grandmother said, honey... It don't matter how high they jump up. It's what they do when they come down. That'll tell you if it's real or not. (laughs) And you know something? She is absolutely right. That is absolutely the truth. Pentecost is not so much about the excitement and the the emotions. Even those, those things were certainly present and aroused. Pentecost is mostly about what we do in the name of Christ and for the sake of God's kingdom in this world. The church at Pentecost set the pattern for us. It's not about jumping up and down. It's about getting out from behind our closed doors and going into the streets to meet people where they are. It's about building strong bonds of fellowship in the church and and studying God's Word more intently. It's, more, it's about uh, seeking God constantly in prayer. That's what Pentecost is all about. So, could we have a Pentecostal church here? In the best sense of that word? Yeah, we could. If we pray. If we pray today that God would send God's Spirit upon us and, and if we opened our hearts so that we would be receptive to that Spirit, then and only then will we sense the mighty power of God upon us. So let's do that. Let us fully seek the Spirit of God. Let us be excited about the work that God has given to us. Let us draw close to one another and let us get out from behind our closed doors so that the world out there can see that the Spirit of God is alive and well in us. Amen. Let's sing together. Appropriate song. All of these songs have been great today. Very appropriate as we've been talking about the Spirit of God. Uh, Thou art welcome. Uh, Holy is the Lord. Breathe on me. Spirit of the living God. Breathe on me. Breathe, O God. Breath of God. And now the sweet, sweet Spirit. Let us sing this song as a prayer of our hearts that the Spirit of God would descend upon us and then send us out into this world that we not we are not captured in this room, but we are opening the doors to go out and do God's work. Let's sing.
going out into the world and do your work to bring forth new life. Dream dreams. Pursue visions and speak of God's goodness in words of those who would hear. And may the God who breathed life into creation always be your delight. May Christ Jesus give hope to your dreaming and may the Holy Spirit, your advocate and supporter, set your hearts ablaze with a passion for peace. We go in peace to love and to serve the Lord. In the name of Christ Jesus we pray. Amen.